Maybe. It depends really? on it. Um, see, I do this, but then I'm also a full-time Uber driver for these kids. Uh, yeah. yeah, for I know free. what that is. <laughs> yeah, for free, free, right? Yeah. Do, they even, do they even rate you? Nope. Did they give you five stars. Dis- disrespectful. No yell for you. Disrespectful. Mario, you gotta say, hey, yo, yo, you're on the car. Y'all gotta give me five stars right exactly. now. Exactly. Exactly. I'm gonna try that today. See how it goes. I'll, I'll report back. You just gotta say, I need those five stars. Yeah, and, and I need some money. There you go. Yeah. There you go. More nice. important than the stars is the money. The Minnesota Football Show, your regular dose of smart, socially aware, and occasionally snarky news and commentary about local, national, and international The Minnesota Football Show co-hosts are Bridget McDowell and Sheila Reed, produced and co-hosted by Rodrigo Sanchez Javeria and Eric Silva. You can follow The Minnesota Football Show at Show on your social media platform of choice. Subscribe to and rate the Minnesota Football Show on iTunes. All right, welcome to another Minnesota Football Show. We have a special guest that I'll introduce in a second here, but the regular crew we have, Rodrigo Sanchez Chaveria, Bridget McDowell, Sheila Regan. My name is Eric Silva-Brenham, and I'm back, baby. Uh, how's everybody else doing? Weather's good. nice, so good. Yeah. 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 I'm enjoying Amazing. that. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> Sheila, you, you put out more skating content I've seen. Yeah, pretty much. What am I going to do when it's when it warms up? I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I'm actually like already devastated. Aww. You'll have to switch to the rollerblades and start right. doing roller little, skate little tricks skates. down the trails. Yeah. <laughs> during you during know? COVID time, it's been a big thing everywhere else I've seen. It's like mm-hmm. people just picking up roller skating again. So. Have you thought, Sheila, of maybe teaching, especially for the uh, darker skin folk? Like, there's three of us on this call, in fact, right now. And I, I don't know if my, I can't speak for Mario, but I, you know that I can't skate. And I know Rodrigo can't. So I'm saying, this might no, be no, something. No, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. I can skate. You guys can ever you? seen that? You guys he, ever seen the, uh, the duck? Yeah, exactly. It's like oh, that no. mighty duck scene. I can't even get that, that far. Where's that movie? Where, where's that guy that goes really fast? I can go straight. I can turn, right? You know, not, not so tightly, but I can turn. But I can't stop. So, like, there has to be a snowbank somewhere around me. I'll throw myself <laughs> at because that's the only way I stop. Did you well, see? There was a there story might be on something the news for you there is what night. I'm trying to say. <laughs> There was a story on the news last night about a guy who built a rink and got all the neighborhood kids to come skate. And as they're filming this, one of the kids goes skating across the rink. And I think he couldn't stop either. It was hard to tell if he was doing it on purpose or not. But he just let himself like flip right over the, the edge of the rink and into the snow. <laughs> and then just like there. <laughs> uh, there's been a lot yeah. of community ice skating rings, which is really nice to see. Like, Yeah. Uh, I know Como Lake has turned part of the lake into like a community ice rink. So, so it's, it's really nice to be able to see some of those things. I don't own skates, so I don't skate at the current well, moment. Plus so. people, um, there's a company, I think, that um, does like uh, driveway uh, ice skating rinks for like hockey. Yeah. Nice. Uh, Bridget Rodrigo, any, any big news over the week? Um... <laughs> I finally got to figure out Peacock, Bridget. So Did you? Ooh, that is big news. So it recognizes you now? No, apparently it's better if I use it through the cable box and I just tell it Peacock oh. and then it logs me in. But 
Now I'm able to watch something, but we'll see. So I was messing with it the other day. Uh, we moved my in-laws. Um, and so that's what I was doing yesterday. And most of this weekend, I'll be busy. But um, it's it's nice to be busy. I've been busier these past couple of weeks than I have since the uh, pandemic started. So it's, it's, it's nice, but it's also like a little like, okay, so got to get back to the grind and figure out how we're going to get a b and c together specifically when you have two kids who are now back in back at uh at practice or practicing soccer so it's uh it's really interesting so we should mention to listeners that as we're recording this right now the merseyside derby is in fact going so so bridget is perhaps a little bit uh distracted shall we say and uh we'll, we'll give some live <laughs> updates as we as we get through this with uh, her liverpool and everton doing the thing nothing to report <laughs> All right. All right. Well, let's introduce our special guest for the day, uh, Mario Wimberly. He has the coolest, coolest uh, job title I think I've ever heard in my life. Chief Visionary Officer of TC Saul <laughs> Futsal. I love this thing. That's like the coolest name I've ever heard. Awesome. Appreciate that. Welcome, Mario. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, I'm a fan of the platform. I like uh, I like listening to you guys because uh you know, you're, you're not, uh, you go outside the box. I'm an outside oh. the box kind of guy. So that's, I'm right at home here. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. We had a chance. <laughs> we met personally when we were doing the, uh, the mural there, uh, in North Minneapolis, the black lives matter mural. And that was mural. And that was awesome. I mean, what a cool experience that was over the summer. That was in, man, it feels like forever ago now, but August, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> was it August? Yeah. First of all, thanks for coming out. That was an amazing oh, yeah. event. Absolutely. Um, August. Wow. That time did go fast. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, it was, it was a great day. The weather was a little different than it is now, but uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, still at all. Hopefully, <laughs> a couple degrees, still couple 100 degrees. degree range. Yeah. But... <laughs> yeah, good times though, for sure. Uh, I, I don't know, Mario, with this 40 degree day coming, I'm already, I'm already getting texts from friends oh. who's like, which futsal court are we gonna, are we gonna shovel up first? See, you have good friends, man. You have good <laughs> friends. Keep them. Yeah, Rodrigo and Mario know each other as well, so we got a, we got a nice community going right here uh, let, let's just get into it I have some questions for you and the rest of you can can get in as well we can just riff and have some fun but you know we like usually like to start with our guests and just kind of ask what was your entry or your path into football into into soccer okay so yeah um originally uh like I said I'm Mario Wimberly coach Mario is what they call me but um originally I'm a Minnesota kid families from the south so I don't come from a soccer family and uh in the African-American community, um, soccer wasn't or still isn't the biggest game. We're working on that. But um, so so what happened is when I moved to I lived in the city in Minneapolis and I moved around quite a bit as a young child. And uh, in my travels, I ended up living in the suburbs one year. So, you know, I went to uh, went to school and, and uh, for recess, there was there's no basketball going on. There's no football going on. It's just soccer going on. So I was like, hey, this seems cool. It's like 100 kids running around. You know how, how those uh, rent games are? When it's everybody's just chasing the ball, that was me. Yep. So, um, the amoeba. Know, that, that, <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that, that was my intro. Um, but, but, but I fell in love with the game quickly. And then I think, um, you know, I begged my mom to sign me up for the local, uh, I think it was like a travel league. And, uh, and that I think one of those summers shortly thereafter in about the 86 World Cup, you know, my mom was at work every day and I was home. And I was like, man, I really like this stuff. Who's this Maradona guy? And, uh, you know, I fell <laughs> nice. in love with the game, you know, and ever since then, you know, I went on to um, went on to stay with the game and played for many of the 
the local clubs around town. I was an ODP kid, went on to play high school ball at Minneapolis Washburn, uh, four-year varsity player there, was an All-State player. And then I had the privilege of going to play at the, uh, the historic program at Howard University. Um, in college so that was another great experience Hell so yeah. nice in short yeah in short that's uh that's how I came to uh grow into the game so I've been around the game for most of my life and uh you know I love it just like you guys nice um let's jump up to this one because I'm not sure everybody or all of our listeners at least even know a lot of the differences between futsal and actual like 11 v 11 what they see on the tv right now like the Merseyside derby so maybe you can just break down a little bit some of the similarities but maybe start with the differences of futsal Okay, well, do you want me to? I know you guys, your listeners are pretty, uh, you know, they're pretty astute in terms of the game. So, do, mm-hmm. do you want me to kind of go over just a quick, a quick yeah. uh, for those who may not know just about the Please. game in general? Please. Okay, cool. So, so just a quick little history on uh, on the game. Um, you know, futsal or also football sala or uh, football day salon. Football um, salon. There you go. <laughs> and I know you know Portuguese, so correct me. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, you're, still you're learning. Great. You're great. You got yeah, it. it is. So, no, basically the origins of the game um, is said to be traced back to Uruguay in around 1930s after that uh, that World Cup was won by those guys um, from a teacher who was actually from Argentina at the uh, YMCA. And uh, he said to create this, he created this game as an indoor version um, that could also be played outside of football. Um, he took some of the rules from other sports. So you'll notice that it, it is five on five, like basketball. Um, they took the goal sizes from team handball and also the uh, the length of the matches was, was taken from water polo. I don't know if a lot of people know that. So I thought that was a cool, cool thing to share. I did and not know I, that. I just so yeah. water polo. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. What, what yeah. is the time for it's two 20 minute halves. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right so, yeah, there it is. Uh, so, you know, as that, as that game spread throughout South America, um, it, it became really popular. Um, and then Brazil, they, they added the sauce, as I like to call it, to the game. Um, we all know the history of, of those players in Brazil on the men and the women's side. Uh, they're on another level with it, in my opinion. Um, and also street, street football was, was already popular there. So this was an easy transition. Um, initially, the rules were not uniform. So Brazil was kind of responsible for the widely accepted rules. And then in around uh, 1965, the South American Futsal Federation um, sorry, Confederation was formed, and that included Uruguay, Paraguay, Peru, Argentina, and Brazil. And uh, like I said, the game was called Football de Salon. Um, shortly after that, the game did get to Europe uh, by way, mostly in Spain and Portugal, by people uh, leaving leaving South America. And then FIFA got involved, and I'm pretty sure that was about money, but, you know, don't quote me, but so no, FIFA it's, got it's all about money. It's right. about money. It's all about yeah. the Benjamins, man. So so FIFA gets involved with the game and they started holding their world championships in the 1980s. So so basically what you have now for futsal is you have two organizations, and a lot of people don't know this as well. You have the what they call the original version, and that's um that's uh, a, a, an organization called AMF. They kind of control that one, and then FIFA is over the other one. And some of the differences in those, so they, they have separate World Cups and everything. Uh, in Argentina, on the men's side, they are the champions in both currently. And on the women's side, uh, Brazil is in the AMF. They don't have women's yet on FIFA. But let me give you quickly two, two uh, couple of differences in the rules. For instance, a lot of people, they're not aware that in the, um, the old rules of the game, uh, played by AMF, which is still played, that throw-ins are allowed. So they don't, they don't use kick-ins. Kick-ins are done on the FIFA side. 
but and that's probably what what uh, if you if you've seen kids play or you play here, you probably do kick-ins as well. Um, also, another rule um, that they had on the on the uh, on the AMF side was, um, you know, when the keeper gets control of the ball, they cannot throw the ball to the other side of the court. Whereas in the FIFA rules, you are allowed. And FIFA also introduced the size four weighted ball. So those are just some of the differences, um, you know, and, and a little quick history on the game for those who, who, you know, they may know about it, but they don't, don't know much about the history. And I, I'm a student. Of the, I'm still learning a lot, but I, I've, been, uh, been, I've been at it for a while. So I'm always yeah. fascinated by this kind of stuff. Thank you. I appreciate it. I mean, I, I just learned the, that piece about uh, water polo. I, I had no idea. Like, yeah. I've played it, and I didn't know that. That's incredible. <laughs> it, so, um, so what? Yeah, go ahead. It, no, is it is it FIFA that has the rule of a timeout as well, too? Or is that a, yes? Uh, okay. Yeah, well, uh, I believe the timeout is universal, just in the is game. It? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the other so, thing that's really unique to this whole thing. Like, you get a timeout per half. I love it. Which, which, which is really like, like I've seen it used strategically. Like specifically, when like we, you know, where where coaches will take a timeout specifically, to, you know, you get you get scored on really bad. And you're like, all right, let's regroup, right? Let's regroup. Hey, regroup. Let's regroup. regroup. <laughs> let's take a timeout. Thirty seconds. Let's timeout. Let's regroup. Let's work on the things that we got to do. And exactly. and it really it, it really is a is a is a really interesting thing to see. I, I think, um, I I in Peru, like we don't have access to like real soccer fields unless you're like privileged enough to go to a university or have access to like a private club or something like that so like we played literally on cement so and that's the way the national stadium and i used to go to the national stadium to play soccer because there's nothing in my neighborhood but anything that had cement um that's what we would play on and and we always played like um you know 4v4 5v5 6v6 maybe 7v7 if it was large enough but yeah, that's that's all we do. And all around, each neighborhood has like their own like cement basketball court that turns kind of into like a soccer thing. And so like it's nice. it's I it's, love it's, it. It's, it's the way that it's always is like each neighborhood has one. Like there's there's you can't go to a neighborhood that doesn't have like uh like something like that. So like the accessibility would be going out there and play and just playing short field really I think really makes um players make um, quick decisions and. And it just make and it just makes it extra fun to be able to do whatever you want to do or not have to be worried about certain thing. But it also it also teaches kids to to understand uh, positioning and movement without the ball. It's 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 a really essential skill to learn that it can transfer well into an eleven v eleven field. My uh, my memories of futsal in Brazil are essentially getting my ass kicked. I <laughs> I, I remember. I wanted to hear that story. I was waiting uh, until a little bit later, but I gotta hear. <laughs> No, just I well, you talk about the timeouts like they're also so necessary for anybody that's never actually played it because you get so exhausted so quickly. I mean, it, it's just go, 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 go. You don't have Thanks. these breaks. You can't just like chill out in the midfield or, you know, you're hanging in the back line. You can stretch out. No, it's just like you are constantly moving. It is nonstop cardio. And I remember getting just thrown into the mix when I was maybe nine. And like after five minutes, I was just like, I, I can't run anymore. I'm done. <laughs> and then, and, and, and I felt like I was just getting beat up. And the coach was like, no, 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 you just keep at it, keep at it, keep at it. And then one time we went back, I was a teenager at this point, I was like 13 or 14. And I still felt like I was getting destroyed. But like what Rodrigo said though, is you pick up all those, these little intricate, um, 
movements and, and control. And uh, it's like a tighter vision almost that when I took it back to playing regular 11 V 11, like my ball control, especially had completely changed. And while I was getting destroyed in Brazil, came back to Nebraska and they're like, Oh yeah, you're, you're, He's you're a man. freshman. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're on varsity. Have fun. I'm like, really? All right. <laughs> no, no, I agree. And, and, and I'm almost envious of you guys because you know, my intro to the game was that's in my opinion, that's, that's the thing here in America. If you look outside of the, you know, like the immigrant communities or is that, you know, the, the, the mainstream way, there's not enough pickup. Uh, everything is like, Hey, let's go to the field. Let's have a scheduled practice. Whereas like Rodrigo just said, you know, the, the ballers are made in the streets and futsal really just a cleaned up version of street ball for me yeah. um so so that's an awesome and, and even the you know the guy Juan Carlos who who said that has started this there wasn't accessibility for all these fields so that's why that was one of the reasons that they started to play this game and you know I had the privilege of going to Brazil uh for the 2014 World Cup around my wife and I and I'm looking around and I'm like man what an environment you know I'm seeing people <laughs> playing futsal everywhere I mean it was just amazing Amazing. We're, Hold we're on, you, you buried the lead. You buried. Yeah, the lead. that's okay. Well, we're we're gonna get to it. Where did you end up for the uh, the World Cup? What city, Mario? I was in Salvador, but Bahia. Oh, yeah, it was, so it was amazing. I, amazing. I love that city. I, I wish I could have uh, traveled around more, but um, yeah. you know that that place for us, they had a lot of African influence, so we 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 wanted yes. to kind of just check out the culture, and and it was yes. it was an awesome experience. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is a very, very special place. That is for sure. Food's good too. Absolutely, akarage. <laughs> Woo. Um, yeah. So, we, like Sheila mentioned, there we did kind of. Bury, I was going to talk about the transferring of the skills to eleven v eleven. We definitely did bury the lead. But is there anything else that that you might want to add to that of, of what what happens in this tight little five v five space on a court that then kind of like expands into the full eleven v eleven? Because I mean, I know it changed my game completely. So. Well, you know, you, you guys mentioned a lot of it. I mean, from what I've seen and, you know, I play, I play it. I still play pickup. I'd rather play futsal than, than playing on the big game because I'm, I won't say my age, but I'm, I got gray hair and stuff. So it's uh, I know you say, you know, short, the, the, the confined space, it forces you really to make a lot of decisions quickly under pressure. And uh, what I've seen from, you know, our program, we mainly deal with what we call zone one or, or the foundation stage ages and you know i just noticed the, the you know the comfort on the ball you can't hide in futsal five five four v four including the including the goalkeepers if you can't ball if you can't if you can't maintain possession if you can't beat a player one-on-one you're done so 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 ball mastery key management of time and space key um fitness key movement uh, we don't talk about that enough. People who, who are who are newer to the game, they think of just all these crazy, you know, 1v1s or, or you know, skills and things, which is, which is you know, you think of Ronaldinho and all these guys, Neymar. Yes, we, we, we know that part. But also just the movement when you don't have the ball. I mean, you touch the ball 600%. There's like a study. It said 600% more times in a futsal match than you do in an outdoor 90-minute game. So, you know, it's – um. It, it's it's really it's really um and, and also the technical piece of just using different surfaces of the foot i mean futsal the the main surface to receiving the ball is 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 the bottom of your foot you know we teach the kids um toes up heel down um and and it, it you know i could go on and on like i said the movement um i see a lot of a lot of soccer clubs now uh 
I read an article maybe the other day. It was about one of the EPL teams really, really diving into, into rotations of futsal. Rotations are just ways to shift the defense and, and, and create space for the, for the player with the ball. Um, so so there, all of this stuff translates over into the big game. And, 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 and as you guys probably know, in futsal playing countries um, like South America and, you know, even in Europe, uh, when kids are all the way up until 12 or 13 years old, they play futsal first. And then they decide if they're going to play soccer or they're going to go down the futsal path. And that, that makes sense from a developmental standpoint. And, I, and, and working with young kids, I kind of see now, you know, it's, it's, just, it's just important for young kids to, to touch the ball. I remember when I was young, this is, this is in the 80s, and we didn't have a clue here uh, in terms of development, in my opinion. I'm on a field 11 v 11. I'm a little guy. I'm running around. The field is huge. I never touched it. You lose a lot of kids um, to the game when they're not having fun and they're not on the ball. So, so those are definitely some of the, um, some of the advantages uh, of incorporating futsal or playing futsal at any age, but especially young ages. Right. Well and said. I think another thing that Myra's brought up to is the access of uh, accessibility. Like, you could take over a basketball court, and that's all you need to do, right? <laughs> this like, is your goal always, Rodrigo. You want you want to you want to take over the court, take over. <laughs> but but the thing too is like the way that Myron brought it to my attention too is when we have conversations. It's like to a kid who, you know, American kid who is inundated by sports, the NBA and the specifically NBA related. It's a similarity in the aspect that you're playing five v five. People are moving around. And that's and, and that's a that's a gateway introduction to like here it's similar you get the ball you pass the ball around you got to move without the ball and and you get to shoot and the thing about futsal that I uh, I know my kids enjoy is not only do they get to do touches not only do they get to one v one but they get to shoot right in a, in an eleven v eleven game you know your team may have five shots and that might be taken out by the one lonely number nine that they can't really can't really aim. Uh, out of out of eight yards, out of, uh, and so like, so then then that's it, right? You don't and then so like, but in this actually, you, you get to shoot and it builds well, there's confidence. No numbers. The I mean, that's the thing too. Like these these traditional yeah. English numbers system, whatever. It's like when you watch the Selección Brasileira or the Argentine team. There's all the shifting. There's all the movement. Everybody's doing everything. Right. That's futsal, yeah, man. Moves, yeah. you, you don't get to be just a six. You don't get to be just an eight. Exactly. That doesn't exist. <laughs> exactly. You know, and that's back, like I said, the rotations. Um, you know, the positions, uh, you know, I, I actually, um, in my notes here, I have some of the difference between football and futsal, you know, and if you want me to, I can, we've said a couple of them. But, like, for instance, um, oh, I lost my train of thought. Where was I? Positions. Um, positions. So, um typically you know goalkeeper we all know what that is but you have you, it, 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 you can play several formations um and usually we, we when we talk formations for me i'm talking about uh just basic stuff usually a, a, a one two one which is a diamond or you know they have a four oh or they have uh a two two but um but with the young kids we you know we, we don't we don't focus on that as much but the positions are you know you have a pivot which is the pivot that's like a forward if we were talking soccer and then we have the, the two allies, which is the next line, which is similar to a midfielder. And then in the back line, we have the fix-all. So that's similar to being a defender. So there's, there's some things that the concepts in terms of having, you know, different, different amount of lines. But, but like you said, Eric, the thing about what we try to teach um, or put the kids in, in, in position to learn through the game is that we don't want you to stand in one place and say, hey, I'm on the left, I'm on the right. No, no, no. We teach them at the young ages 
just to just change positions. It's as simple as that. Hey, if you're if you're up top and you're the fix up as 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 we're moving and rotating the ball or uh, moving the ball from side to side, change positions to shift the defense because at that age, generally the defenders are going to run with you, and now we've created space. So it's it's, it's a beautiful game. If you haven't watched this game up close, you're missing out. Well, that that's a perfect transition because let's talk a little mm-hmm. bit about. TC Saul and, and what you all are doing, including where can we see TC Saul? Where, where are some of the matches? Um, maybe uh, other teams that you all play. Are, are, how, how is it broken up? Are there divisions within TC Saul? How does that all kind of look? So TC Saul is a grassroots futsal organization slash club slash academy slash family. Um, we're going into our third year. Like I said, primarily we deal with we don't deal with kids. We haven't dealt with kids over U14 and that's been strategic. Um, But like I said, who knows what the future holds this season? um, Our first season, we started with just about seven kids who wanted to play together. We entered a couple leagues. It wasn't a a bunch of tactics. It was just letting kids play and they had tons of fun. When we came back for the following season, I said, I'd like to uh, interact with the kids and put them in some different environments. So it was really a supplemental program to whatever they were doing at the soccer club. So we only met, it was like a weekend program. We train on um, at Cesar Chavez in, uh, in St. Paul. We would train there um, on Sundays and then we would play our matches on Saturdays in local leagues, Hispanic leagues around the city. Um, so what happened, clearly COVID came and uh, we were in the middle. We, we had just won the Minnesota United Futsal uh, tournament with our U10s, our U12s were in the Revolution League, Hispanic League, and um, and and they were in second place. And our other team was in uh, another um, uh, was in the Latino League in Minneapolis, and we were in the final. And then all of a sudden, we had to shut everything down. So that kind of sucked. So uh, we what we did was we just reimagined. We tried to get the kids involved, and we came up with with uh, with uh, some some cost free clinics, futsal clean clinics. So that's what we've been we we were doing after the season. And this season, we just elected not to play in a league. So um, you know, we we will be having more clinics here in the spring, and then we're gonna transition into our our big idea, which is a league that we that we have coming, the Soul of the City's Futsal League that oh, we're planning on. A little bit. I was, yeah, I was gonna yeah. ask about that. Yeah. Elaborate Future on that, projects. Mario, please. Yeah, drop please. the knowledge on that one. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Drop the knowledge. That's what we say. Mm-hmm. Oh, so listen, um, this soul of the city. You ever, first, um, sorry, I was just going to ask you if, you if you ever stream stream your games. You know, we don't, but that's a great idea. I need to get somebody. Well, yeah, we, have, we, we have Amiibo. There we go. Bingo, <laughs> you're hired. Look at that. That's how you do business. Appreciate that. So, so no, we're definitely looking at that. Um, we uh so so what, what what we've come up with uh, my partner and I my partner Kyle and I um and he he he's from the Korean FA they do a lot of futsal I don't know if you guys have heard of him um, yep friend of the show equity. he's been on yep. he's been on before there it is there it is so so we've partnered along with our um, our um, community coalition uh, seeds to harvest and we also have some other community partners Minneapolis City has come out and done some um, been a part of our our community clinics Heritage Youth Sports in North Minneapolis doing great work over there as well um so if you go to play with play with soul.com so that's play with soul sol.com you will see what our league is about it, it is a community effort it's really um a lot of times you'll see soccer or futsal stuff and then a little bit of community this is really community and we're using the beautiful game that we all love to bring communities together so so the premise is this 
I wanted to highlight, <clears throat> sorry, I wanted to highlight, we have an amazing diversity in our city, in the Twin Cities, uh, every culture, you know, and I love that. And that's what the game is. If you really know about our game, like, like I know all you do, that's the, one of the beautiful things about it. With American football, they only play that in certain places. You can go anywhere for the most part and find our game. So in the mainstream um, soccer, uh, there's a socioeconomic divide, uh, which is clear. And I have been able to con um, connect with a lot of grassroots clubs from different communities. Um, the New Americans, which is an East African community club, doing great work in their community. Um, there's, there's several Hispanic um, clubs that, that I'm connected to are doing great work. Corinne um, for the Asian community, TC Soul, we have kids from all over. Um, so I wanted to highlight these clubs and bring them together and kind of make it a big deal because usually I'm, I was talking a lot of these clubs and they're like you know we want to get in the league but you know we may not have the resources or you know we can't get a ride or this and different challenges for different communities that, that sometimes are uh I don't know if they're overlooked but I don't know if people are really thinking about it when when they when they talk about you know they want to have everyone included there's different you know different challenges going on so this league will highlight the grassroots clubs but we're also going to invite some of the quote unquote mainstream clubs would be a part of that because we think that's important. If you have a kid from let's say North Minneapolis and now we're bringing in a kid from Plymouth who may, it may have never had the opportunity to meet each other. Um, so we're trying to really, we're trying to bring communities together. We want to heal the city. It's been a tough, you guys know, it's been a tough year with COVID uh, uprisings and all these different things. So, so that's the premise. Um, we also, we're looking for sponsors for that. Now we, we have a lot of interest from some bigger sponsors that we've been talking to and we're taking sponsors and donations through the site and um, you know, contact me on that website. If you, if you're looking for a sponsorship opportunity, but what we're trying to provide, what we're trying to provide is make this cost free to kids, right? That's part of this problem with this uh, pay to play. Um, I understand things cost money, right? But there's been the bear. It's just the entry point. The money is too high for a lot of families and uh, to get involved. So what we're planning is to make this cost free. Um, and we what we're asking, though, from each club will be one hour of community service in North Minneapolis. And we're going to facilitate that because North Commons Park. I don't know if any of you guys have been there or heard of it. It's in uh, North Minneapolis. That will yep. be the hub of where we on those two courts there. Cool. So, we're, we're, yeah, we're pretty excited about that. Um, yeah, no. And, and the last piece to that, we're also going to provide a free meal. So the day will look like this. You come down, um, you you play your match, you get a free meal. We plan to highlight um, women and um, minority vendors. So it's going to be very festive, the music going, something like, we, you know, what, what you got, you know, we probably won't get it just like it is in South America, but that's the goal. Just that kind that's of that vibe. Yeah, so just, we want to do that. Just invite Uruguayans to, with their, with their whole, like, Set up for pregame stuff, and then you 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 got it pretty much set. <laughs> they, they'll bring entire livestock. There'll there'll be lots of barbecue. <laughs> I don't know if I'm prepared for that one yet, but no, it sounds good, man. It sounds good. Look, we, we want everyone to come out. We we've got the um, Metro Transit Police on board. We have uh, we're talking the University of Minnesota Police Department. So we kind of want to bridge some of those um, relationships between the community, police. We have uh, um grassroots organizations, housing, um, vaccine, va vaccine stuff to, uh, with the vendors, but, but primarily the kids will have fun and, and they'll be able to develop their game. And uh, that's our vision. So I'm super excited about that. That's going to be in the summer, but please take a look at that at playwithsoul.com if you're interested. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, yeah, yeah. we'll put that in the show notes and I'm, 
you know, if anyone's listening who's looking for uh, to sponsor anything, I this is this is a great opportunity. I not only think just because a it's in North Minneapolis and there's a there used to be a big resurgence of soccer coming out of there. Now it's it's going to like its revival aspect of it, and hopefully there will be more more fields. And uh, I know that Cease to Harvest and all of them are working to to get like uh, sports complexes built and the relationship with the high schools, which I think is extremely critical to be able to infuse all that. And I think Mario and TC so uh, are doing great community work that needs to be applauded and it needs to be you know talked about at, at any way that it ends. I mean, I love the, f- the fact that you're doing the soccer clinics and I've been watching a lot of that stuff, but I've, I've also been watching um, because I follow you guys on Instagram and uh, is is uh that you you also guys you know you you you've been featuring a lot of uh you know um black players playing soccer and black players history in soccer and in re- relation to that aspect of it and i think that that's extremely important because you know um that that, that that's something that doesn't get really talked about uh but there's such rich history specifically uh you know with with their involvement and the and the amount of um effect they had on the game you know and i think that's 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 great but by but but i also saw that you were also part of if forgive me I don't, if i don't get the group name right but is it like a black coaches soccer group or is that yeah so so um and thanks for that rodrigo you've been um you know very helpful in, in getting the information out on the league and just very supportive and all you guys so i want to thank you for that um so yeah and, and back to north minneapolis just to add this you're absolutely correct. Um, in our in our community clinics, you know, being that I'm African American, you know, had I not been in the suburbs, I may not have thought there was a place in the game for me. So I want to the pro- one of the things that we need to do in this country is is there's plenty of black kids playing now, black American kids, but they're they're those are the kids with resources. If you really talk about the inner city kids, like in other countries, the, it's a, it's an inner city. The game is for everyone, but but if you think about you got to have the game in the inner city. Um, and, and a lot of kids, black kids from America, they just don't see themselves in the game. So what I'm trying to do is show them, you know, for instance, I said, I went to Howard university to play. My whole team was a black team. My coach played a lot of Caribbean guys, um, you know, and that's a historic program. First black school to win the national championship, 1974 NCAA undefeated. So it's like, you know, we are able to, to have our clinics in North Minneapolis and we, we just connected with, North High School just brought back their boys soccer team and they, they're trying to bring back the girls if they can get the numbers and we've That's invited awesome. them over. So we're trying to be a bridge for the, the, the middle school kids to say, hey, listen, this kid from my neighborhood plays, plays soccer and, and, and I can play as well. So we're going to start them with futsal and hopefully they'll go on to play at, at North High School. Um, and also, and then I'll answer your question, Rodrigo, we're having the first, first ever Northside Soccer Day um, and we're going to have Minneapolis City partner with us on that and uh i think they're going to do some friendlies and we're going to have a futsal clinic and we're just trying to just to get the get the game going recharged in that community um because we love the game i mean that's why we're on this call we all love the game so i just want everyone to have the opportunity to to have that love and share what 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 we all share here um to answer your sorry guys i know i'm talking a lot but a lot to say please continue (laughs) right Rodrigo, so yeah, so the United United Soccer Coaches, um, I'm sure you guys are familiar. It's like a, um, it's uh, they do coach, coaching education, and it's like a, um, what do I call it? Uh, uh, United United 
United coaches. It's just like for coaches, but it, you can get your license, different, you know, things like that. Um, it's a big organization. So, so it, it, within that group, they have like the um, Latino Coaches Association. They have the, you know, the Women's um, Coaches Association, and then they have the the Black Play, um, the Black Coaches Association. So that's something that um, I was uh, uh, the the president of that. Um, Nicole, she reached out to me. I think she was just following a lot of stuff that that I was doing, uh, or we were doing TC Soul, and she thought that that would be important that we get involved. So, so I was actually. Um, nominated to be a regional um director of the midwest so that was pretty cool wow some, some, that's yeah, that's some, great congratulations yeah that's thank awesome. you thank you so so our our goal with that is really just to get get have a place uh where, where the black coaches can can um you know can 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 network uh talk with each other about you know common common challenges that they may be having celebrate successes and things like that we're working on an urban initiative diploma um, which is I'm super excited about that because as you know, if you're if you're coaching kids from a certain environment, there's different things you probably need to know. You know, did, did you know did this kid eat yesterday? Like maybe you know it's a lot of different different challenges. Right, so right. that's one thing that, uh, like, that I'm does excited this kid about. Kids need a ride, right? Exactly, yeah. that's a big one. That's right. a big it's one. A big kids one. need yeah. ride. Yeah, kids need kids rides. Need kids exactly. can play, but need, kids need kids need access to get transportation. There. Yeah, absolutely, it's a big one. So. Yeah, so 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 I'm proud to be in that. We just started that, so I'll be uh, you know just trying to recruit a lot of coaches from the Midwest and uh, you know get them involved and uh, learning a lot, a lot of a lot of high profile soccer um, coaches. How are like, you guys? Um, how are you guys mitigating uh, COVID stuff? You mean for TC Soul? Yeah. Well, right now we're not we're not playing. We we we've had um, a few clinics every couple months um, during the pandemic, and you know it's. PPE, uh, masks, coaches, coaches wearing masks. This was before. We haven't had one since the the mandate came out. I think now that even players have to wear have to wear the uh, the mask. So you know we we follow all the uh, you know the recommendations, but it's definitely a challenge. And, and for us, you know we're we're grassroots. So you know when, if, even if we wanted to train, we couldn't because we train at schools that were closed down. Mm-hmm. So it's been a challenge for us, but you know, my thing is that I think kids, um, you know, I think we're more like a family. So the, I'm still in touch with a lot of my families and the kids, always supporting them as they're playing with their clubs. But um, I told them that you know, this summer by having our league outdoors and with the vaccinations that are coming out, you know, now I think we'll be in good shape for the summer. So that was our our plan, just to kind of you know chill out for a second and then come back in the summer with the league. Cool. Right on. Well, I was going to ask about the North Minneapolis connection and the uh, work within the African American community, but you guys already just like knocked that Sorry, one out man. of the park with tons, <laughs> tons of information. So no, I, I'm well just extremely. Thank you. <laughs> no, I'm extremely excited about that aspect of it because I, yeah, I remember growing sure. up and and and, and uh, having friends who lived on on the north side and going over there and like actually playing soccer, right? And like, mm-hmm. and then depending on on certain parts of 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 Minneapolis is where like a lot of the like Ecuadorian uh, families used to live and they would do the pickup stuff. And, 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 and that's like, you know, we're one sense where I would, I would go to, right. If I needed something like that. So like, I remember it. Right. And I, I have vivid memories of, of, of being on that side and having that. And I'm glad that it's, it's, um, it's, it's on its, it's on its way back. And they're, and they're talking about building complexes uh, for all type of sports outside, whether it be soccer or anything else. But I, I'm glad that soccer is a conversation in that because in the cities, 
again, you know, me and Mario can talk about this for hours, but the accessibility to field space is just, it's, it's, it's huge, right? It's like, yeah. it's like if you, if you go rent a, if, if you're looking to go rent a dome, you're looking at, you know, 200 bucks, 275 per hour, right? You know what's right? sad? I'll tell you this too. I mean, we, we were, we were back in Brazil two years ago, well, almost two years ago now, and it's changing the landscape down there as well. And there's starting to be way more um, clubies like private clubs that are taking some of the, what were previously public field spaces. So yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, that's tough. That's tough. And and like, you know, our, for our principles are for TC soul, our fund development community and accessibility. So that accessibility piece is huge. I mean, all of our, all of our clinics are like at the boys club or, you know, uh, at the, at the park. So the thing with futsal, I just love because you don't need all these usually like, all this crazy space or a lot of people or permits and, and things like that, you can kind of just start playing. And, yeah. and, and that's what the kids like. I have a lot of basketball kids in that, in that part of our program, uh, you know, who, who are like, Hey, you know, I'll try it out. You know, it's fast, a lot of goals, you know, American, you know, Americans are obsessed with scoring. So, so futsal is good for, <laughs> for the Americans. <laughs> for sure. Mario, I want to be sensitive to your time. Our, my, my timer rang a little while ago. We just keep rolling. I know you've got children you got to take care of there as well, but before I let you go, uh, you want to let listeners know your contact information, information for uh, TC Soul, and then maybe that website one more time for the big thing coming in the summer that we, everybody here at Minnesota Football Show, we should definitely get involved in as well is what I'm hearing. Yes, definitely. I would love to have you guys involved with that and also Northside Soccer Day because I think this is going to be the first one. And, and like I said, I, li- I like the vibes up here. So you're kind of kind of kind of group that we want over there. Um, right. So thanks again for having me. Um, you can find us at uh, tcsoulfutsal.com. And also on socials, we're at tcsoulfutsal on IG, Twitter, and Facebook. And that website for the league for this summer is playwithsoul.com. And all those souls are spelled S-O-L, the Portuguese way. Yeah. Come on, soul, the sun. Yeah. Yeah. Shine it down, is, the sun, man. the sun. You got to shine. <laughs> See this? Right on. Yeah. Nice. Mario, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. We'll have you back. Please do. I want to come and hang out. Thanks again for having me. This is an awesome show. Absolutely. Thank you so much for being here, Mario. Wish you the best. Um, Make sure you get those kids to to give you some sort of money. And then give you some of those five stars for your Uber. I can relate. I can relate. Like Thursdays for me, like. Like people have when I have meetings to talk with me on Thursdays, it's like I can't do it. I can do it until only till like five. And then I go, why? What happens between five and nine? I was like, I'm Got driving. I'm driving. <laughs> I'm driving. I'm doing errands, right? That's the time where like people tell me it's like it's like, yeah, it's like that's the only that's time. My so life. I appreciate that's it. my life. Exactly. Yeah. That's life. Well, well, thanks again, guys. And um, like I said, have a have a great one and uh I'll I'll be back for sure. Awesome. Thank you. Hi, this is Lisa Watch, and no, you must be to me because I am definitely not blessing your ears in this podcast. Anyways, back to the Minnesota Football Show. And welcome back to the Minnesota Football Show. We just 
got done talking to Mario of TC Soul, great person, um, lots of ideas and great things to build community through soccer and futsal. He's a visionary, chief visionary yeah, officer. Chief visionary officer, right? <laughs> we need to we need to come up with some sort of position like that. That's just totally unique. And but uh, but no, it's just it's just so exciting having to talk to someone who who who's not only played the game. Uh, played a game at a college level and is from the area and is, is doing great things uh, locally. So, so I'm looking forward to hopefully uh, Mario will ask me to, you know, even if I'm just running the clipboard on one of these uh, community <laughs> clinics, you know, I don't care. I just want to be able to be in that atmosphere of, of kids loving to play and, 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 and being part of uh, community building. So, but Word we up. do have some football news. So yeah. let's uh, start with the local and national. So, hey, Min- Minneapolis City Futures rosters are out. Uh, put the link in there. I don't know if anybody got a chance to look at it, but uh, I was, of course, very much focusing in on uh, AFC Powderhorn, which I will be able to just walk over to in about five minutes <laughs> or well, maybe 10 right now at this point with all the snow and uh, support all the players there. There's a couple players from South High. South Hi. High. Yeah, yeah. And uh, mo- most of them are college kids, but uh, super excited with, to see if once this thing gets rolling, assuming it gets rolling with COVID, as, as you mentioned previously, Sheila and everything else. But it'd be super dope to see like some level, some level of semi-pro football within walking distance. I love it. And a lot of them have so much history with like, there's a good spread of all the different clubs in the area mm-hmm. where these kids have played. So yes, you could right. see you, them playing, playing together rather than facing off against each other so yep yep uh, minnesota united I, i'll throw this to uh whoever wants it but it looks like we got a new right back dj taylor coming from north carolina fc in the usl um bridget would you like to go on this one i can i don't have a whole lot more than you know what we got from the press release right now <laughs> okay <laughs> except for um except for wonder world is going to have a, a heck of a time Oh, uh, yeah. Coming out with the hey, Mr. DJ. Oh, yeah. there it is. Oh, it's just right there. Yep. No, we can, I mean, we can expect him to be solid depth. I mean, we remember when Metonair went out uh, with injury and then international duty. And that's one of the positions that we just kind of had to rotate through. And mm-hmm. whoever was available slotted in the, to that spot. So it's the, a depth um, piece. No, I was just going to say the extra time guys were really high on him. Like I, I, yeah. I, he, he tried to get in, I think, last year and didn't get MLS. But even then, I think they were saying he, he was pretty high on their, uh, on their chart. Yeah. He was tearing it up in USL. So, right. um, yeah, solid. Seems like a solid player. Uh, nothing flashy, but that's not what you need in that spot. So, right. um, He'll be he'll be a good one to have off the bench. Yeah, I mean through the draft and through just free agency, we've been able to pick up more on defense than yeah. than uh, previous years, I think. Right? I mean, we yeah. we signed we more had two yeah, more experienced yeah. players. We have two one one experienced player, and then we have you know we drafted a, a couple of defenders, and now we're just getting which 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 I don't want to ruin anyone's stuff, but the the, the thought that Ike not playing is, 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 is what, is what seems to be like my, what's in my head because like we're, we're stacking it's up kind of a bunch of players and you're like, and yeah. you're like, well, does that mean, well, there, there's gotta be a reason besides just besides depth. Cause well, last I year think, we went without that much depth and we seem yeah. to be okay. I mean, even if he does play, I think we 
shouldn't be expecting like his 90 minute, you know, play every minute of the season like he did in uh, 2019. So it's, um, I, if he's around, he's around, but they just, they're going to pad that spot as much as they can so that they're not dealing with the same situation that we were in, you know, by the second half of the season in 2020. Yeah. Um, going to some MLS points here. Alexandre Pato to Orlando City. Um, we'll see how this works out. He, this guy's always been, he's always, always kind of been that almost guy for Seleção Brasileira and, and uh, played at uh, São Paulo, if I'm not mistaken, before he went to Europe. Like, not bad, but just not quite making it to the, oh, he's amazing level. Just, just a little bit below that. So, I mean... I think he's early 30s now after wherever else he's played. So we'll see. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of curious to see what he looks like now and what he can do. Him and Nani should 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 be fun on the field just to watch them argue <laughs> against each other or yell at people oh, you, on the you, field. You think internal combustion. I like that. that could well, be I, mean, I mean, you bring in a forward, right? A Brazilian forward, and you already have someone who scored like 80% of your – it was like 80% of your offense. You know, there's there's – there's going to have to be some trial and error to figure out how each of them play with each other. And that's going to be the fun part to watch. That's, mm-hmm. It's going to be like watching two of them get locked in a room together and, you know, see who comes out first. That's one. Mm-hmm. It's going to be one of those, but it'll be on the pitch right in front of the goal. So I like it. I like it. So we've got some <laughs> Club de Cuervos internal fires burning <laughs> between the players. <laughs> um so this is just weird. I don't even understand this, but apparently there is a, are we considering it a rumor? We haven't heard confirmation about Thierry Henry maybe going to Bournemouth. And then the Kooligans were like right on it, ready to go. They're like, has anyone advised Club de Foot? <laughs> does, <laughs> does Montreal even know they might be losing their coach? Does any, where, where are we on this? Do you, do you all know? Um, I think to, for right now, it's, it's a rumor. I think one of the things yeah. with, with Henri is that wherever he goes because of what he's done and what he's been able to, and you know, he, 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 he's, you're going to get that, that type of speculation. You're going to get those, you know, are they talking to him? Probably, but I'm pretty sure uh, Montreal somewhere in their contract has some good, good, good amount of money to be released before he's able to, to, to be able to do that. So, I mean, until it's like, until we hear it from Henri or we hear it from Montreal, I just, you know, it, it's a it's a good yeah. rumor to to hang on to um, just because there really isn't much else going on. So, sure. <laughs> I mean, they, they gave him the keys to the roster the last season. Like he's been rebuilding and um, bringing in his people. So I don't I don't see him just leaving. But, yeah, he's one of those guys. If he looks in the direction of another club or if he's heard talking to or with someone from another club those rumors are going to start flying i thought it was funny they're saying no one's heard anything from the club but all the players are in group chats going have you heard anything did he say anything like this to be like <laughs> they're they're all trying to piece things together and obviously it's not going anywhere but, so they're as lost as um, we are basically <laughs> yeah exactly great, great. <laughs> um Shifting gears and tone, I suppose we uh, here at Minnesota Football Show, we of course send our uh, our solidarity and uh, and and well wishes with everybody in Texas and in the South dealing with the the tragic weather and and everything that's happened down there. I have family down there. My sister is in Dallas. I have cousins in Dallas. 
Um, but uh, we have our, our old friend uh, Christian Ramirez at the Houston Dynamo putting out uh, some, some good links for mutual aid in Houston. Um, I put that up on all the socials. There's been a lot of really good other mutual aid links that I've put up as well. And uh, we just wish everybody well and, and, and hope folks get out of there. There have been some, been some uh, rough stories and some bad images. My, my fam is okay. I can tell you all that. Um, however, my sister's, um, she works in a dental clinic and her dental clinic is not in a good way. It, it looks very much like some of the images you all have seen at this point. So I don't think she'll be going back to work anytime soon. Jeez. But yeah. Um, and anything else to add? I don't, know. I don't want to add There's, too, end too I mean, somberly we can, there. We can just point out, uh, in addition to the Houston um, yeah. links going out, uh, Austin and Dallas clubs as well have been um, they basically did a, a big league effort. Uh, the MLS players all came together and started a fund. So I think Christian tweeted this morning or late last night that it, they were at like 15,000 and their goal was 10,000. And it okay. just keeps going up. Um, so, I mean, all these players who live there too, who are dealing with the same thing right. to some extent, uh, have done quite a bit of work to bring some relief to their fans and everyone else around town. For sure. Yeah. So, I, I, Val, um, Christian's wife, like posted on Instagram saying she's like, we spent much colder nights in Minnesota and never had to worry about heat or water. And <laughs> like, so like, we're, she's like, I'm extremely dumbfounded how this is even possible. I was like, yeah, 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 that's yeah. it. That's a good question. Well, there's, there's actually some really good articles and at this point podcasts ex explaining why things are the way they are. Um, we don't need yeah, to go into it all here. Absolutely ahead, absurd. How, well, I would just say it's absolutely absurd how they got to this, to this point. Um, yep. Yep, absolutely. Well, I remember between my cousin. Their, Go ahead. No, just between their electrical systems and uh, the way that their government runs such things. Correct. Correct. No, this, well, my, and my then cousin's. Just the, I mean, this is climate change. Well, yeah. Also, absolutely. Yeah. Well, all right. I was going to say is my, my cousin's been there for a very long time um, 35 years, 40 years, maybe at this point. Um, and he's like, this happened 10 years ago, a, a smaller version of this. And, you know, they were going to supposed to take all these baby steps to to uh, improve the grid and blah, blah, blah. And just act, just do something, essentially, so it wouldn't happen again. And, you know, we're not we're not so good on the whole memory <laughs> they, thing. And they, just they all just assume it's not going to happen again because it's Texas. Yep. That's that's right. Well, and they don't even to blame them. I, I, it's 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 well, a no, yeah. human fallacy <laughs> a yes. lot of times. Yes. And In the regional thing. They're not gonna. They're not gonna prepare for the worst if the worst right. only comes once yeah. every twenty years. I was surprised. So. I didn't see someone a video of someone with a blowtorch just melting all the snow off their driveway. I'm. I'm I sure was we impressed will soon. I, I. I didn't see any of that. Um, but there were people oh. that went uh, that turned their car on in their garage. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah, I saw okay. that. Yeah, that's Don't unfortunate. That. Um, okay, so Charlotte, who's coming into the league next year, 2022, you all probably all seen this by now, both listeners and, and co-hosts. <laughs> These numbers are ludicrous, talking about mm -hmm. their pricing. Um, the supporters is actually the reasonable one, but even then, it's $486, which is about, it's a, at least 100-something more than, I think, what we pay. Um, yeah. but, but then you get into, like, uh, I don't even know where to start here. 
corners at 630, lower corners at 1,000. Midfield goes up to 1,700. Midfield one, almost two grand. And then your box seats are like upwards of three grand. Like, what? (laughs) Somebody put... Go ahead. (laughs) Some of those numbers, like that midfield spot, I haven't paid that much for like... I've had supporters tickets for what, four years now. And then I, I had midfield back at NSC for a couple of years. And that's, I think that all told us maybe half of what that midfield ticket is. For sure. Yes. People were <laughs> responding with, with their, with their Manchester United season tickets. They're like, yep. yeah, these are cheaper. <laughs> Unbelievable. <sighs> That's, that's what you get when you drop an MLS team into a NFL stadium. Man. Yeah, I guess. I mean, uh, it's just it's just just looking at where like I might be sitting, and then I'm like, wow, that's that's nuts. I think I just watched the game from TV. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, minimum seventy five bucks to get in, right? If you choose one of those, yep. yep, right. Then you gotta feed yourself, unless you know you're you're smart and you eat before. And and you can sneak and, some, and what's the yeah. parking situation? Yeah, are like, they charging right, you two hundred dollars yeah. for yeah. a parking spot? Smile. I don't know. Or... <laughs> you could easily be doing. You could easily. You know, I could for that kind of money, I can just go to Ola Arepa and have a date with my wife. There we go. That's what I'll do. Yeah, good choice. That that'd be that'd be actually a spectacular date. If you're dropping three grand on a date, my friend, you're doing you're doing all right. Um. On some positive notes here, Ashlyn Harris, Allie Krieger, they've adopted a little baby girl on Valentine's Day, which was very well-timed for social media. So congrats to them. Uh, talk about having some amazingly badass parents. I mean, whew, that kid is <laughs> that kid is going to grow up with some of the best fashion sense in, in, the, in the universe. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. Um, she believes cup Rodrigo I'll throw to you or Sheila or whoever wants it we had just started on when Tuesday the 18th or Wednesday when was the 18th I don't remember whatever the 18th in February yeah it wasn't that long ago it was I'll work backwards it was Thursday crushing it um so Brazil and Argentina played the first match Brazil looked great now granted Argentina not the strongest team we know this um, they win 4-1. I didn't get to see all the match. Marta scores a pen. Uh, Debbie and Leal's goals are both great. But the one I did see lives w- live was Jaycee in the 82nd. She came in as a substitute. And the second she got on the pitch, she was just, get it to me, get it to me, get it to me, just demanding the ball. And every time she was dangerous. And she gets this, this rocket off, this just super powerful shot. And it's one of those where – the uh, the keeper stopped it, but it was so powerful and so strong, and you can just see it bend her, her hand and her wrist back, and it just goes over her hands into the goal. It was it was pretty awesome. And to their credit, Argentina scores on uh, it's a great header by Larroquette, just a really really tight angle. Like she's basically go- going uh, far post and barely gets her head on it to like redirect it to the. Uh, I'm sorry, she's going near post and redirects it far post, and then it banks off the. Uh, the post in it was it was a pretty sweet goal um on the other side uh whoever wants usa canada i didn't get a chance to watch it so i throw it out anybody watch the game okay i watched the game um even though even even though i asked asked giselle i was like giselle 
don't you want to watch the game? It's like, there's no Tobin Heath. It's not worth watching. So, <laughs> so I was like, so I was like, wait, what? So then I sat down and I was like, all right, I watched. And do you know, credit to Canada because um, the previous teams that the, the USA play were, you know, talking to Colombia's, it was just not, there's, there wasn't that much of a, of a fight in the aspect of, of that, but, but Canada, Canada was fighting and, and it gave them a lot of problems. They were like that first half where though I thought Crystal Dome was having a really good, decent game. She passed the ball back to someone and nobody was there except for the Canadian forward who then became too selfish at one v one with the goalie and passed it out to the side and the other person just took one too many touches to shoot and it got blocked. And so, like, the opportunities were there, at least in the first half. And in that game, they were they, for Canada to at least score two. Uh, that doesn't mean we didn't have any chances, but it just – our midfield just didn't look as fluid as we had before. And I'm not trying to say that this is on Rapino, but they, we need to have someone who's – who's willing kind of to stay in the middle. And we also didn't have Heath, uh, Mewis. Uh, and so those are, those are, those are players usually will, will, will get worked out of the midfield. Um, so literally for like 65 minutes, it was zero, zero. Um, and then at the 65th minute, I mean, what do you do when you have a stack team? You know, you, you bring in the other stack players. So you take a Rapino. You take out who else would you take out? Uh, you took you took out the new the new kid. Um, the, uh, oh, I can't forget her name right now. Uh, Brazilian, remember? Uh, uh, yes. Anyways, she comes off, and then I can't think of it right now. I'm having a, a time delay. Anyway, she comes off, and then and then Carly Lloyd comes off, um, and then you bring in Alex Morgan, Kristen Press, and Rose Lavelle. I mean, Macario, Macario, Macario. Thank you. You know, when, when, when your subs can literally play for any other national team and be like starting, you're like, so then, then, it, then the fluidity just changed, right? Like Roosevelt was looking for passes. I mean, literally Christine press had an opportunity to score like 10 seconds into, into being in there. I mean, it was more dangerous than anything. And then on a set piece corner, uh, you know, granted to the Canadian goalkeeper who was actually the second uh, person on the list because the player, the first player got injured, the first goalkeeper got injured, um, was doing great, pushed the ball out, and then um, Lavelle was able to one time touch it. Um, and it was nice. I mean, after that, you know, it was it, it was good to be able to see some more of the other other um, players. I just want to uh, make sure you're giving credit due to this goal. This was also a banger. This was like a ridiculously yeah, it was, powerful blast. It was, it was you know, eight, eight, ten yards out. I mean, it was it nice. Looked, it, looked, it looked pretty strong from what... Yeah, no, it, she shot as strong. She always does. It's just that uh, I think I think it was it was just one of those, you know, you, you were there, you got to shoot it. And so um, so it was a good it was a good goal, but, but Canada brought it. And so it's good to see because this is one of the first challenges and Argentina, the reason Argentina is playing, she believes, is because I believe Japan could because of COVID. Right. Correct. And so in Argentina, who knows? I, I, I didn't watch the game. I wanted to watch the game, but I, I couldn't get to it. I, I want to know when's the last time Argentina actually had a game. Right. And you know, so, we should ask Brenda that. She would have known. Yeah, she would have known that. I mean, because I don't, I don't recall hearing them practicing or having any friendlies. 
And so if that's, the, if that's the situation, you know, Argentina, it's, it's, it's a solid team, um, you know, uh, but um, I, I, think, I think it's going to be really interesting because now you have Brazil at the top. Um, well, uh, I'm not, not super confident here. We got, we got USA, Brazil tomorrow and Argentina, Canada tomorrow. I, I'm not sure either of the Colmebol teams are going to be riding very high for very long. Uh, yeah, I mean, if, if, if Brazil does what Canada does. If they does. can squeak out a tie or yeah. two, maybe, but they're, they're going to need some help. Yeah, I mean, I, I think overall it's just it's, 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 it's doable. And I really love the She Believes tournament because then it ramps me up for the uh, NWSL tournament that comes up usually the first week of April now. So, so One thing I wanted to mention quickly, uh, just on the political side of all this, you mentioned Carly Lloyd. I think she's one of the, uh, the number of, of players that do not take a knee in solidarity with Black Lives for the anthem. And uh, Shireen Ahmed was very quick to point out that the entire Canadian team, in fact, was – showing a united front all down on a knee. So just wanted to put that out there. That's good to know. I, I didn't get to see that part, but that's good to know. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, overall, I mean, I think it was, it was, it was a good game. You know, I'm always excited when I watch Christian press on the field. Um, Rose Lavelle is always fun, but um, is it Christian Mewis, Sam's sister, man, making, uh, making a really strong argument for the Olympic team. The way this curving the ball is center in the middle, that's that's just too pretty to be able to to look at and be like, someone needs to be at the end of that and just finishing those balls. But but it was nice seeing Alex Morgan um, um, play, and with Alex Morgan, you you really have a quick counterattack aspect of it, so you can really like, you can really like condense your defense right in your midfield, and once you get the ball back, you quickly look for a lob. And Morgan's already making a run for that, and that's that's one of the things that that's interesting to see. So, so I mean, Olympics if it happens, you know, I think I think that's what it is. That's what it had to uh, had to happen, and it should be really interesting to see what's going to happen down the road. So, yeah. So again, uh, USA Brazil and Argentina Canada tomorrow. We'll see how that all pans out. Uh, this is kind of a big one. The Gopher women have their season opener tomorrow against Nebraska. This is the first match, friends, that this team has played in over a year. It's something like 400 some days because their entire season was canceled uh, last year. And so, I mean, they haven't played since 2019, which is kind of wild. So it'll be uh, it'll just kind of be a a victory in the fact that they're actually playing. So should be a good one. And I didn't put this in the notes, but I think our friend of the podcast, uh, Mr. Provatsky, is actually doing either the play-by-play or color commentary or all of the above. So I think he's doing everything. There you go. About time <laughs> to want to hear his lovely voice. Uh, yeah, he's calling it. So good on him. Well done, sir. Um, should we break or just burn in some internationals here quickly? Let's just we... go through it. Yeah. Go through it. Very good. Um, what do I got here? I got more Goyas. Every week is a, is a, is now a relegation survival battle for Goyas. So this was the 13th last Saturday. They actually they came out swinging. Botafogo is already relegated. They are bottom of the table, which is a pretty big name that's going to be dropped. So bye bye. But anyway, Goyas came out strong, played great, two nil. So and then they got some big help from um, I can't remember who it was, but oh, Inter. Uh, Inter from uh, Rio Grande do Sul Internacional. They beat Vasco, who's right ahead of them. So they kind of, so they're, I think they're one point apart right now. Um, which I, I can just bleed that into the next one because tomorrow they play um, another Red Bull, one of the many Red Bulls. This is the Bragancino <laughs> version of Red Bull. 
Uh, it'll be more of a test, but honestly, as long as they don't lose, even if they tie, they're going to be in pretty good shape for the last match to hopefully stay alive. But if they can win, I think they control their own destiny. So fingers crossed, fingers crossed. It's another week, another relegation battle. Um, well, friends, we have um, this week in racism came back in, in, in uh, strides, like, unfortunately, this time. This is a big article that came out on uh, AP yeah, I was, News. Yeah, I was trying to read it, right? So, like, this is this it's long. To deal with, yeah. Yeah, it's, um, what's the synopsis? Because we can always, I can put it in the show notes as well. Too, the synopsis so. is just everything we've talked about, but really zeroing in on what's been happening in, in the EPL recently and over, like, the past year. It's, it's just like a culmination of stories and getting some players' perspectives. Right. Um, dealing with social media and social media, like, that's right. direct messages yeah. and, like, like how Facebook and Instagram are not stepping up to the platform, stepping up to, you know, correct people or, or, or that kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, if which it, I think it's something that, you know, like, hey, if Twitter can do that and ban a former president and a bunch of other people who are being assholes, then yep. why can't Mark and company do the same thing? Right. I mean, like, if yeah, you said and, something and th- extremely racist. Whoop. And that's what it's escalated to is as actual teams are starting to, you know, contact the ceos or at least try to contact their people and and be like look if you don't do this we're gonna do something so we'll see we'll see how it goes uh fair our you know we have we have a direct contact to fair here Uh, this is from um i guess i didn't get the person down here but somebody from fair says what they probably need to do now is to have their own boycott they oh it's uh piara polar executive director of fair there you go so basically they referring to players just having a big boycott uh quote can you imagine if premier league clubs even symbolically for one day this year called a boycott of social media use by their fans didn't post anything for a day and then kept doing that until platforms showed some serious intent unquote i mean that that would like that'd be a big punch in the face yep so whether that would actually happen yes having trying to get people to just not post anything you'll obviously get the I mean, it might help them name and locate the uh, the bad users, but um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. They definitely need to do something. There have been quite a few players, uh, even journalists, pundits, who are just blogging off of Twitter altogether. Yeah. It's just not worth the harassment and abuse that they're taking. Right. And, and when, when, it get, when it gets escalated to the point where you're being doxxed and like they're, you know, yeah. your address and phone is out there. I mean, that, that's, that just gets scary because you don't know what can happen at that yeah. point. Um, Liga Miekis, we have Santos, uh, see here, a player from Santos, Felix Torres. Um, I, I didn't get to see this, but I checked in with our, our guru um, over um, uh, blah, 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 Mr. Um, I can't even help me out, Rodrigo. Adam. Thank you, Adam. Yeah, there you go. Mr. Adam, is that a brain fart? Um, so Adam was was basically helping me out a little bit. Uh, San Luis, one of the players, basically said something on the pitch to Mr. Felix Torres from Santos, and um, I, I, there was no game stoppage that I, I know, but boy, they, they, he posted this video post match, and the kid is just broken up. It, it's hard to watch. Like he's very, very emotional. Um, he's not happy with things and you know it just keeps happening but it just i don't know this one just hurts because he's he's really upset with it and as he should be i mean if if you're being called uh, some kind of racist name or whatever i mean that you you have every right to be pissed off and sad and 
Oh, yeah. Got to do more. Oh, Liga MX. <laughs> um, man, I don't know why I couldn't remember Jarvie. It's just like, he wasn't there. He's our guy. Apparently, um, his better half misses the smell of Fabuloso and uh, what is it? Um, yeah, Fabuloso and a mixture of Fabuloso and like humidity. So I said, you know, I got a I got a gallon here of Fabuloso. Get yourself a, a humidifier, and then I'll just, <laughs> just <laughs> we'll fill it with we'll, we'll fill the humidifier with Fabuloso, and there you go. You can kill both of them with one stone. This sounds like some terrible jazz improvisation. <laughs> Like really quite possible bad. quite possible uh, um champions league we got the round of 16 going uh seven u.s players could feature in the round of 16 which is uh, definitely got to be a record there somewhere and you had uh both Dest, sergino Dest, and uh, tyler adams uh being in the first part here um let's talk a little bit about these because psg really came to play and kind of laid the smack down on barcelona four to one is your score with the Mbappe show, he has a hat trick, um, just absolutely on fire. Uh, so Des definitely got beat on one of these goals because I, I saw them. I watched the highlights. But, you know, all in all, like, he didn't do terribly – he didn't do too bad against probably the best, if not one of the best strikers in the entire world. So, you know, yes, you got smushed three to four to one. Yes, definitely one of the goals was on you. But, you know, from his perspective, he's like – I'm, pl- I'm literally playing against the best attacker in the world. <laughs> right. I'm going to get something out of this. I mean, losing the foot race to Mbappe is not something to be ashamed of. Right. I think well, that happens to like so many people. It happens to everybody. Yeah. It's right. like, it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm not even going to try. I mean, be like, yeah, just go, just, just, yeah. just go, you know, don't want to get posterized, but no, I mean, like we all knew, you know, this Barcelona team is not the, the Barcelona team that people have known. Right over the years they're not a very strong uh they have some talent on the team but they're not uh, cohesively well put together defensively as that well either and you know they always make it this part and then somehow they get exposed right remember last year was it like seven and one right and and so so yeah so it's like you know it's 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 what's gonna happen and it's interesting i mean um Liverpool, take a look at this Take a look at this photo. Hold on a sec. Look, look, look at Sad Messi. Like no, Sad yeah, Messi. I mean, sad sad Messi is sad. Is, he, no, but he's back in like top form. I mean, this is this is a this is a sad, sad photo. I put this up on all the social medias too, but I mean the eyes are to the ground, just like cradling the ball. Just, he just wanted to be around. done with the game. Yeah, that's fine. This is the man that wants out. Oof. Yikes. Go ahead. Take it to Liverpool. Bridget and Rodrigo. I mean, Liverpool uh, lost, yeah. right? I mean, it was 2-0. <laughs> no, they, they won this. They, they no, won this one. They won. There's a one there on Champions League. Oh, wait. Oh, sorry. I was looking League. at the other one. Not, sorry. So, yeah, not today's. <laughs> um, yeah, a solid match. I was not able to see any of it because I couldn't get my stream to work while I was at work. Um, but a goal from Salah, a goal from Mane. Vintage, yeah, within vintage five minutes of each other, they were just yeah. like bam, bam. Yep, there you go. So, a little uh, confidence booster, yeah. We, we don't need to talk about what just happened if you don't want to. I'll, I'll spare you. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
on the other side, we have our, on more Champions League 16, Porto over Juve, which is, is a pretty big deal. I, I always like to see the Portuguese teams get something done. Um, the, I don't know if you all got to see it. It's worth going back to see the highlights, especially of the first goal, the Taremi goal, because, oh, baby, what a howler. Wow. Um, so there's this, 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 this terrible back pass uh, to the keeper. I mean, the, the guy just, the, the forward just completely reads. He's like, oh, what? <laughs> and just intercepts it. And he's literally like staring at the goalkeeper with the ball. And of course, just one times it and puts it in. But it is, it is hard to watch. It is a bad, 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 bad. So good on FC Porto taking advantage of the, the stacked Juve team. And um, who knows whether that's going to hold. Two to one was the final. They, they go to Italy next. So a lot could happen. And then Dortmund beat Sevilla 3-2. This one was also this, – this was just like boxing back and forth, punch, punch, goal, goal, goal. It was – there were lots of goals, lots of offense. Uh, didn't get to see it, but, boy, the highlights looked awesome, back and forth. So those two are very much uh, kind of up in the air. Who knows which direction it's going to go on the second leg. Whereas Barcelona, I don't know. <laughs> Keep it in the falsetto. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know if any of you followed the MC, uh, Catalan MC, uh, Pablo Hassel, a uh, pretty dope hip hop artist. He was arrested um, outside of Barcelona. I'm trying to remember the name of the little town, not too far, but he put out uh, a number of songs that were very much against the Spanish state that he, he basically uh, he basically rubs the monarchy in the mud in very colorful language. Um, but all these things are protected by free speech. He's an artist. He's a, he's a, he's a rapper. Well, they arrested him over his lyrical content. Um, and this did a couple of things. It, you know, there's, there's always kind of a open wound when it comes to uh, Catalan nationalism and identity. And so when you know, Spanish police or troops do something to a Catalan person, boom, you have thousands, if not millions of people in the streets almost immediately. So that happened. And then also um, our friends over at uh, Clapton Football Club, who are obviously connected to the uh, Spanish Civil War and Spanish Revolution and everything there, they, they put out a huge post in solidarity that was getting blown up all over the place as well. So it was, it was cool to see uh, some solidarity from the football side of things as well. I doubt they were the only ones, but that was the first one that I saw. And uh, yeah, we just, I, I mean, as an artist that believes in free expression that actually worked at Free Muse that's, that's doing some of the legal work to hopefully get him out and get the charges dropped. We just we just uh, put out our solidarity and check out some of his music too. It's all on YouTube. He's he's got some some good rhymes, and uh, hope he gets out of the can. Um, skipping EPL today, Bridget. Is that that what that's what's happening? <laughs> yeah, I'm good. <laughs> You're good. I I, I uh, yeah. There was an early goal that that I saw, and uh, I don't think it got much better. So good for you, MJ. <laughs> An early goal and a late goal. Yep, MJ's yeah. been trolling me for the last hour. I'm sure, so. oh, that he's going to do that for the next week. Oh, yeah, you know that. Right? The next month, probably yep, yep. for the rest of our lives, MJ's going to be trolling us. Yeah. I'll I'll just end it on this one. Um, this is super cool. I don't know if you all are Ian McShane fans. I, he's a spectacular actor from Deadwood is mostly what I know him from. But 
John Wick. He's he's the uh, the the owner that runs all the guys, uh, owner of the of the hotel, and John Wick's kind of uh, what do you call it? Uh, oh, what's the word? Operator. But he's you know he's just a spectacular. I mean, he's a Shakespearean trained actor, like brilliant, brilliant English actor of Scottish background. American Gods. I haven't got into yet, but I hear he's great in that. Anyway. I'm just doing this to set this up. There's this interview on Rolling Stone that somehow landed in my lap. And he's talking about his love of Manchester United and football. And his father played for Manchester United, Harold McShane. Um, put it up on the Twitter. I don't think I put it up on, on uh, Facebook yet. But it's, it's just kind of cool to see him gushing about uh, his love of the game. I appreciated it because he's a badass. Did, did any of you ever get into Deadwood? I kind of watched it like the first season and then kind of fell off of it. No, uh-uh. I was wanted never able to? to get caught up. Does that count? <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it's dirty and it's grimy, but there's something, I don't know. It's, I mentioned Shakespeare. There's something very almost Shakespearean about the whole thing. Yeah. I started it's, watching it's, Yellowstone just for the fact that I love being angry at uh, Kevin Costner. So, so if you like being angry and it and and it releases endorphins for you, yeah, Yellowstone's a. It's is a this a show or a film? Yeah, it's a show. It's a show. So, so imagine. I heard they, so they're gonna end it, but I heard they're now looking at a prequel. Probably so. it's it's like a family drama. You know West, uh, what you know Montana. Privilege. White farmer who owns everything and everything. what channel is this on, Rodrigo? Uh, it's on Peacock. So whatever that channel oh. is, yeah. So can't watch it. Great. So <laughs> yeah, it's 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 you know, no. But hey, but you but but did you finish? Here's my question. Let's end on this. Yeah. What is better, Club de Cuervos, or the Ballad of Hugo Sanchez? Hugo Hugo Sanchez. I, I haven't finished Cuervos. I got I got one season left on Cuervos, but out of the three. There's a lot of good stuff in there, but Hugo Sanchez, I was just rolling. Oh it, my god, that was such a hilarious. So funny. Did it's you finish really it? Funny, I did. Oh gosh, yes. Yeah. So I didn't want to spoil the whole thing with it, but yeah, the whole the whole vegan veganism movement is yes. strong in this in this in it's this true. series, and it's it funny because it was true. <laughs> yeah, I, I I feel seen, guys. <laughs> right in all places, and uh, yeah, it, it was it was great. So that, that was great. Yeah, no, I I haven't really watched a lot of uh, new stuff. Just watching some old stuff. Um, I tweeted out about this about this. Um, it's called the Last Narc, which mm-hmm. is um, yeah. I saw you. You guys were talking about that. Yeah, and so like for some reason, it, we have Amazon Prime, and so like I was like, oh, this is interesting, and then it's actually t- talking with a lot of the people who were in charge of the case. I don't remember in the eighties, um, you know, when there was a report where like the CIA and the FBI, mostly the CIA, was literally buying or funding, um, was in with the cartel in Mexico to be able to fund the contras to go to that. And so all the drug money and all that. And then eventually, you know, they made it into a movie, but there was like a, a news reporter from Mercury news, which is a small newspaper. And then it just became big. And then, and then, so this ha- is strictly tied to that whole thing. And it was really interesting. Cause like, I was like, this is a well-done documentary. Like, 
like but like how much money did amazon have to put it to make it seem that way because <laughs> it was like <laughs> i was like you had to spend some bank to be able to do that because it's mostly in spanish right and uh, because they have a lot of uh some of the um people who were close to this whole thing so it was, it was really interesting so i remember taking classes on that on the on the narco states and narco trafficking and everything and uh yeah just learning how deep the cia is is in with all it was in still is probably but i mean they whew, they really <laughs> messed up pretty much every single inner city in this country through it all um i was gonna say one thing regarding Hugo Sanchez that I will say that might be on the negative is, is if, if, if you're a Central American, they, they kind of, I don't want to say they, they, they're racist about it, but boy, they push some Central American stereotypes from a, from a very much of like right. a Mexican perspective in ways like. Right. And, but then, but then, but then the whole thing about that too, is that because of that, then the Cuervos becomes like the shame of Mexico yes. And it be, they become the evil thing, and everyone hates them. They became they become the shame of Nicaragua. They all yeah, hate too. Yeah, <laughs> it was nice. it was it was hilarious. It is it is pretty entertaining. I will say that it's yeah. Overall, it's pretty spectacular. So that's that's a good one. Even if you, I think you can get away. There, there's going to be like little references that you may not get, particularly like with the players from the previous seasons. But I think you can get away with just watching it without having yeah, watched you don't have to really time. watch everything else i thought you did but when i watched it i was like no this is like me and new year were like laughing yeah there's a there's the whole wizardator scene that is just so classic bridget bridget gonna have to check it out and let us know I will, we're not gonna yeah. say anything yeah. a lot happens in the last episode that's all <laughs> i'm gonna say there's a lot all right let's get out of here friends Obrigado. uh minnesota football show patreon patreon.com backslash mn football show Follow us on all the socials. Uh, send us recommendations of, of folks you think we should uh, interview, like the awesome Coach Mario and everybody else we've had on the past podcasts. Uh, like and uh, rate, all that good stuff. And, yeah, keep on doing what we're doing. Obrigado. Take-